Welcome to the Bridgeway Church Podcast. My name is David Bowden, and every week I sit down with one or several members of our church staff and host a conversation about how Bridgeway is seeking to fulfill its mission as the Church of Jesus Christ here in our city. If you are a member of Bridgeway, we hope this helps you more deeply engage with what God is doing in our midst. And if you aren't a part of Bridgeway, we hope you feel welcome and that our discussions may lead to more Christ-glorifying ministry in your own context. Let's jump in. All right, well, here we are at another edition of the Bridgeway Podcast. I'm really excited about today. We're going to get really practical today because I have the pastor of Missions and Evangelism, Andy Edwards, on the show again with us today. How are you, Andy? I am doing well. Excited to talk about... All the missions. things, missions and evangelism. And especially today, <laughs> evangelism. That's actually true. I didn't think about it till just now that last time you were on the show, we really did talk about missions. Why must we go to the nations? And then this time we're really leaning into the other half of your title, which is evangelism. Because today we're going to be talking about how do we share the gospel? Uh, so yeah, we'll get a nice practical podcast today, hopefully. It's going to be fun. Yeah. It's going to be fun. So um, I'm excited. Uh, so before we jump in, because uh, it's, a, it's a really practical thing, I think you're going to talk us through um, uh, maybe even just a really practical approach of here's one simple way to share the gospel, and then we'll talk about some of the pitfalls and some of the other questions that might circulate around that. But, but before we even get to that, um, uh, what's, some of the, what's one of the biggest reasons why we don't share our faith? Like, what are some of those reasons that people say, I just don't share my faith because dot, dot, dot? I mean, there's a bunch. I'll I'll start with the one that kind of hits the heart, and it's we don't care. Mm. But we're going to loop back to that a little bit later because we'll, we'll be able to live there. But just— And don't so, care don't care about what? We don't care about people. Oh, We okay. don't care that people are dying mm. and don't have a relationship with Jesus. We haven't been gripped by the love of God in our own hearts in a way that propels us out. So again, we could live there. Yeah, but, but so you don't want me to ask more questions about that right now. No, we'll because, come back to that because here in a little while we're gonna say on some level like you know is knowledge enough? It's like, okay, you no, know, something's gotta have us and sure. Us. So, oh, yeah, I can. So I think a lot of people just don't care. Yep. Uh, I think a big one's not trained. Yeah, so sure. I, people don't know how. Yeah, and you're like, well, how have you go to church? Right. You hear the gospel and the message, but that's just different than when you're sitting down with someone and you are presenting the gospel mm. in context and culture of their life and what that looks like. It's it's hard. So if we don't train people, we're really saying like, go get them. Go do it. <laughs> and people are like, how? Okay, I'll pray. Right. But so not so trained. When you say trained, do you mean mainly, uh, and it can be both, but do you think people are mainly like, I just don't know what the content of the gospel is and how to articulate that in a clear way? Or it's more like, I don't know how to like start and sustain productive spiritual conversations with people. Uh, I would say both. Yeah. Um, I, it's still, it's, it is shocking that when we just talk about the facts of the gospel yeah. that people are like, but if I'm telling someone that I just forget mm. pieces of it. And it's like, man, let's come up with ways that can make it really simple for you to share the gospel story in the midst of how the gospel stories changed your heart. Yeah. Okay, that's good. So, so we we don't care, we're not trained. And we're scared. We're so scared. I think I heard a pastor say this last weekend 
that fear is one of the most mentioned words in the Bible. Yeah. So it's something that God is addressing in mm. our hearts all the time. And so I think I think fear. And so then you have to say, well, okay, fear of what? Yeah. Well, I had to start asking myself this. I know I'm the missions pastor. <laughs> sorry, pastor of missions and evangelism. There we go. But I was like, what am I afraid of? And I was right. like, I'm afraid of rejection. Mm. I don't I don't know what people are going to, how they're going to respond. I don't know what they'll then think of me. Um, I think we also are, we don't want to look silly or we don't want to look crazy. Like, right. oh, those crazy people that are talking about Jesus all the time. Totally. So you, you start thinking, well, I, the, you know, there, there's just a lot of fear about, I don't know how to say it right. What if I say it wrong, and that's why they reject the gospel. Mm. So insecurity within that fear. Right, fear of misrepresenting God. Yeah. That's a that's a big one. Fear of uh, God saying, oh, Andy, eesh, I would not have said it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Good effort, fear. but right. yikers. So fear is a, I, I think it's probably, and all these reasons, I think it's the one that um, that God is trying to address in our hearts, because the flip side of fear is he continues to say, be bold, mm-hmm. be courageous, keep going. Um, if the gospel's on your lips, proclaim it. Mm-hmm. Like So he's pressing us through the fear, but um, you also can't do it by yourself. So I think sometimes we're like, I, I, in my community group or in my D group, we've got to talk about like being accountable to one another and sharing the gospel. If you just because of fear, we don't share it a lot. Yeah. But if you have people asking you about, are you sharing the gospel? You start overcoming the fear more and more. And I'll say this, a lot of people are like, so when you share the gospel, is it easier next time? Mm. In general, if you're sharing the gospel a lot, I would say yes. But I've always thought in my own heart when I'm doing it, man, this is still hard because I'm still, there's still fleshly things going on in me that, um, that make me just kind of pull back sometimes because yeah. I, don't, I, I don't know what they're thinking. Yeah, and I, I think that's totally true because it also is a situational thing. It's like I might be super bold in 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 sharing the gospel with my sister-in-law because we have a relationship, and even it might be the first time I'm breaching the subject, I'm like, oh, she trusts me, she likes me. Even if this fails, we're going to be in family together, and it's going to be okay. But then my waiter, you know, it's like, oh, man, he told me he was having a hard day. Uh, I, I just feel like the Holy Spirit's pushing on me to say something to him about, does he know Jesus? And if, if so, what does he mean to him? And I just don't do anything. And it's like, wait, yeah. why, why can I share the gospel freely with some people and I'm terrified with others? It's because it's, it's a situational thing. So yeah, I think fear plays a big role. Yeah, and flip that. I would say mm-hmm. most people, no, no. I would say it's probably 50-50 because anybody I talk to, I kind of feel like I hear the different answer. But I think some other people say, Oh man, when I was in New York City and there was a Nepali guy, that was easy. Right. The strangers man, are easy I for me. I cannot tell my sister. Right. <laughs> because I am in relationship with her. And then she's going to be like, oh, he's going to talk about Jesus all the time and keep mm. trying to convert me. Right. I totally. No, I th- absolutely. Fear. Yep. Uh, another big one is we depend on ourselves rather than the Holy Spirit. No, I don't. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, totally. That's we, a good one. We think it's up to us yep. to save them. Absolutely. When God is the giver mm. of life, he's the one that actually like pursues salvation, sustains it and like fully to the end completes it. Mm. But if he's the initiator of it, I think sometimes we depend on ourselves like if I say it right, if I have studied enough apologetics. Right. The problem is apologetics can remove hurdles. Right. But apologetics aren't saving someone, they're they're maybe moving us forward in the conversation. Right. 
Um, so again, I, I think we depend on ourselves. And then maybe the last one that I was trying to like brainstorm for myself again, we're too busy and we don't actually see the lost and hurting people that are walking by us every day. So I got a quote for you. All right, bring it on. I'm not telling you who said it. You ready? It says, we assume that the unreached people groups on the planet as classified by missionary agencies are in Africa, China, and other faraway places. But in reality, we pass them on the streets and in the grocery stores every day. They deliver our mail, or perhaps they are our children's teachers. They are everywhere. They are people who are in need of God's love but can't seem to find it. They are the people right in our own communities who have not discovered God's acceptance, love, and power in their lives. Mm. I was like, that's, we don't see them. Right. Like right there, every day, there are unbelievers around us, people who we would categorize as far from God. Even if you ask them, are you near or far from God? Mm. They're going to say, oh man, I'm far from God. Sure. But we don't ask yeah. because we don't see and because we're busy. Mm. And it's it's really true. You see people, even like, even even people in our own churches going on short-term mission trips and like, man, I shared the gospel with such boldness for that week I was in India. Why is that? And it's like, well, because that's what you were there to do. You were on mission. It was your life. It was your life. That's what you're doing. And you, you, everywhere you went, you were like, okay, where is an opportunity to share with someone? Where's someone who's far from God? Yeah. And, and all of a sudden, they're everywhere. Well, it's not because you're in India. It's because people everywhere are far from God. Yeah. Yes. There's this new phrase going around called living scent. Living scent. Yeah. I mean, it's it's what we're called to. Mm. We, wherever we're at, we're sent to people all around us in our everyday lives. We just, it's like something has to happen for us to see Oh my goodness, this person in front of me. I mean, just yesterday, getting the India team off, um, we had a, a lady at the American desk, American Airlines, her name was Dawn, and I mean, right in front of us, and we actually got to have some good conversations about Jesus. Yeah. Uh, but we wouldn't have seen her, but God like highlighted it. It, it, it was wild. Wow. Was so I know we're going to be going into talking about like, all right, maybe one of the hurdles is just not feeling trained. We're going to probably lean a little heavily on fixing that one a little bit. Um, but before we go there, let's, let's talk about, let's kind of address the elephant in the podcast room, uh, which is, okay, let's say we finish this, this podcast episode and we have given you a really great way to share the gospel. You know how to articulate it. You know how to begin middle and end this, this conversation, but is knowledge of the gospel enough to overcome all those different barriers that we talked about is knowledge and training enough. Uh, how do we, how do we dismantle all those other barriers to the gospel? sharing the gospel. Yeah, I, I mean, I, knowledge is not enough. Um, training isn't enough. Now, we need the knowledge. Um, we would not know God if he hadn't revealed himself to us, right. right? So we have to have the knowledge, and we have to train people in really practical ways. But I think the thing that most of us in our everyday lives are missing is we're not gripped by the vastness of God, like his greatness, his holiness, the smallness of ourselves, our own sinfulness, and then that God broke through all of that. Mm to come and get us and rescue right. us. Like his love uh, was so great towards us that we then, uh, we, we can't keep it in. Yeah. But most of us are trying to make it, make ourselves either feel that way or um, like, I'm just going to be obedient and share the gospel. And I think obedience is huge. Mm -hmm. But obedience also comes when we experientially right. know 
know and in our hearts feel and experience the love, the revelation of the Father's love for us. Yes, absolutely. And yeah, preaching the gospel to others begins with preaching the gospel to yourself. That's it. Yeah, absolutely. And I I, immediately, when we started talking about that, I'm like, okay, so uh, that's going to dismantle the hurdle of not caring. Because when I experience the power of Christ in my life and what he's done to come and save me, uh, I'm going to start caring about it. The more, I, the more I care about the gospel, the more I'm going to care about sharing the gospel. It's yes. gonna, it's gonna dismantle um, a lot of the fear because I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I've been, I've been freed from the condemnation of sin and death. I, I lived in constant fear of death and condemnation and shame. Now I'm free from those. It's gonna free you from busyness because you're, you, yes. What else are you gonna be doing? This is everything. The more you <laughs> preach the gospel to yourself, the more you realize it's everything. So. Uh, at least what I think I hear you saying is like, really, the thing that's going to push us out to live sent is um, is preaching the gospel to ourselves, to revel in it and let our affections just be blown out of proportion with what Jesus has done for us before we start going to what has Jesus done for others. Yeah, and I know we talk about that a lot at Bridgeway. Mm. I mean, th- we are a gospel-centered, preach the gospel to ourselves church, but I think sometimes we can still just preach the factual gospel to ourselves, which I think is important. Yes, absolutely. But then asking the Holy Spirit to take the factual gospel and put a burning fire in our hearts for God and his glory first, and when that's happening, I think you begin to see people that are far from God, and and you don't just go because it's a duty. You start to be drawn into, even emotionally, like, I feel compassion for this person in front of me at the grocery store. Yes. As opposed to, I mean, yeah, oh yes, I should probably, I should probably engage that person. Now, if you feel you should probably engage him, you should probably engage him. But as you're doing it, you should ask the Holy Spirit, like, can you make this like powerful? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and Jesus set that example for us. It's like whenever he would heal or feed the crowds, it started in his affections. It started with a genuine compassion uh, in, in, that he felt for these people. And then he acted. It wasn't, well, it's my father's will that I do these things. So I should probably do them. It, it was, uh, he felt genuine compassion. The Holy Spirit put that in inside of him. Uh, and we can do the same. Yeah, yeah. So, of course, when I think about this, I, I think of Ephesians three, and it's a it's quoted a lot, but I can't get away from it. So we're sticking with it. Um, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. So it's talking about the inside of you, something changing and happening. Why? So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. So it's the love of the Father, rooted and grounded in it, reminded ourselves of it, telling each other about it, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know what, again, the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. And then this part, man, we know the love of Christ that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Mm. I think when that's happening and we're asking for that more, we just have a compassion for people. And then the final verse is now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than we all ask or think. If you're praying that God would bring people into your path that he's pursuing, he'll do it. Yeah. I mean, he's going to do it because he's going to do more than we're even asking. Mm. But, but then you have to stop and think if I'm rooted and grounded in the love of Christ and I, I'm starting to grasp in little pieces, how big it is and how much he loves me. Then all of a sudden, it's like, I'm going to actually start praying that God would bring 
people that are far from him that he's pursuing in my path so that I can love them and pray for them and, and find opportunity to share the gospel. Well, I'm really glad we started with that fundamental kind of grounding for why we go out and share the gospel. We have to preach the gospel to ourselves if we ever want to be fueled up and be able to conquer all this fear around sharing the gospel with others. So we kind of talked about the uh, the internal. Uh, now let's talk about the external. Uh, let's actually talk about um, a simple, I think we're going to do two simple ways, um, really practical ways to uh, share the gospel with others. And the first uh, one that Andy's going to talk to us about is... It's called, what is it called? The three circle method or what's it called? <laughs> three we'll just circles. Call it three circles. Okay. So walk us through this. Uh, where, first, where did it come from and where did you, where did you stumble upon so this? So North American time? Mission Board okay. um, has been kind of coming up with a variety of ways of what, what, I mean, trying to equip their people to say how, how, what are really simple ways to bring the gospel to bear on people's lives. And so that just was like, man, that is, that's helpful. And what was it about this method that stood out to you? Oh, I think, so what you won't be able to see on the podcast is kind of the actual visual of it, but I think seeing the visual and thinking anybody you're talking to, whether you're sitting down to have coffee, you could write this out, but you don't necessarily have to. I liked, I like, I'm a visual person. So being able to see like who, who God is, how the world's broken and how Jesus bridges the gap of the brokenness of the world and, and brings us back to this perfect God. It's it's awesome. That's great. And so it's, just, it's good for my heart every time I every time I share this with someone. I'm like, man, God is so good. <laughs> Why did He rescue us? I love that. So we'll, we can provide a link in the description of this podcast to that video. So if the audio version here doesn't quite do it for you, you can uh, actually go see what these illustrations and circles look like. We'll put that in the description. So walk us through this three circle thing, then, Andy. Yeah, so um, there's really kind of two ways you can start. You can start talking about the brokenness of man. And like, okay, like this is where we're at. There's pain, there's suffering, there's death. What in the world? How did this happen? Which is always, I just want to stop you there. Like that's a really good entry point for so many conversations, right? Yes. Because so many people, so like what's going on in life right now? Oh, I got this new job. This is, yeah, what's hard right now? Oh, you know, grandma, you know, she has cancer and that's yes. really hard. Man, yeah, our world is like broken, isn't it? Can you believe all the stuff that's happening with this, that, and the other? You know, the politics and world wars and all this oh stuff. Oh, yeah, dude, it's so it's so messed up. Where do you think that comes from? And then right there, you're in a spiritual conversation. Yes. And you get to start, you can start there with this three circle thing. Yeah, and everyone wants out of the brokenness. Yes. I mean, right? Yes. We, who, who wants the pain and suffering and death and decay even of our, our, like what you go out and watch our earth decaying in front of us, like who wants that? We want to reverse it. Right. Well, like, I mean, a, we, we a, want a, fixed. a naturalist or an atheist would just accept the decay. Right. Right. But uh, most, most, most people are more pragmatic than that and they yeah. actually want to get out of it. <laughs> and they're like, I don't want to live in this suffering and death and pain. And so what do we do? So in the three circles, you say, okay, so we're in this thing. We're in this brokenness, so how are you trying to fill it? Well, we try to fill it with religion. Like, mm. well, let's figure out a way to get to some being. Yeah. You know, so you climb the ladder. Or relationships. You say, man, if I just get married, I'll be whole again. Or mm. if we have kids, I'll be whole again. Or, uh, I, you know what, I 
I got nothing. My life's broken. I'm empty. I'm going to turn to alcohol or drugs or mm-hmm. something because for a little while I get release. I get I get some freedom there. Um, money, success, education. We put our hope in all these things. Yeah. Right. So that's so broken world is where we start. But then what I like to say is like, but did you realize it wasn't always broken like this? Mm. So you go back to the very beginning, God's perfect design. So you have this perfect God who designed this earth perfectly and everything on it, a man and woman. Um, and he said, when he creates everything, he sits back and he says, this is good. Mm. And they were walking with God, man and woman walking with God, having relationship, intimacy. There was no brokenness. There was no pain. There was no suffering. There was no death. And and like, so when I'm thinking about a conversation that you might have with someone, it seems like you've taken a lot of leaps there, you know, because it's like, oh, yes. oh, we were talking about suffering in the world. And now we're talking about a fairy tale that God <laughs> walked with two people who started all of the human race. Um, but so a good bridge there, you know, I, I, when I'm in, when I'm in conversations like this, I love asking questions. And so, like, I mean, a good question there would be like, uh, but you, you don't like all this pain, right? Like, how do you try to get out of it? And then that's where they could list, yes. you know, well, I put my hope in this and this, I try to escape with those things. And you, you talked about that, but then how to get to this next circle or this next, this next part where we go back to the beginning where it wasn't always like this. It's like, but why is it that we want to reverse it, right? Like that's kind of the the bridge there yes. is where does this idea come from that it shouldn't be this way? Isn't there this ought inside of us that it ought to be different? Where do you that's think that came it. from? And then that's where you're going now, which yes. is, it didn't always used to be like this. That's why you feel like that. Yeah. Something's like, you know, something's wrong, but it doesn't have to be this way, but right. it is. So yeah. let's, let's go back. And some people, when they do the three circles, they actually will start. They won't talk about the brokenness yet. I see. They'll start with like, okay, at one time, mm. there was a, I mean, everything was good. Right. Now, again, are they going, well, how do you know this? Yeah, how do you and, know this? Right. Well, I can open the Bible to Genesis. And, and it's like, like oh, they're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So it, it, trying to get underneath that, I like what you said on the side of just saying, there's something in us that is really pursuant of something more. Right. Like, there has to be. Like, yep. you, you feel it, you know it. And I, I even think just like Romans 1, when you look at creation, you're like, if when people tell me even today that this just happened, oh right, I look up at the stars and this whatever the sun and the moon at night, and I'm like, how You're right. did this just accidentally of yep. the millions of times that something was produced? How did this just happen? And I can't. Nothing inside of me lets me go there because I don't think God intends us to go there because we're created to know that there's something more. Yeah. So he's this perfect God. And then ultimately in the three circles, you're going to move to, here's the other thing. This can happen in a, literally you could take someone through this in a minute and a half or in a 25 minute conversation mm-hmm. with your story kind of interspersed there. But the, the the goal of it is you have this perfect place, but somehow it broke. Right. And what was it? It was man deciding that he was going to do his own thing. Mm-hmm. So God had set up this place and said, look, there's one thing. Don't eat of the fruit of this one tree. And man said, uh, why? You know, God said, I, I have a plan and it's right. perfect. And this is intimacy with me, but don't do this. And we did it. So our own sin broke the system. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden we have been a part of breaking the system. And when we sin, we are separated from God. Right. And then 
again, it depends on who you're talking to, but move it down the line. So what's the answer? Like if, if everything was this way and this was God's perfect design and now we're in the middle of brokenness, is there any way back? And again, that's also when you try to say religion. Yes, climb to him. Like work hard, be good, be moral. But what happens when you mess up? Yeah. Don't you introduce brokenness back into the and, system? And, and there it is. So right. something had to happen. Yeah. So that's when you've got the third circle. And again, really simple. God sent perfect Jesus to the earth, lived perfectly, died for us in our place, took our sin, literally took all of our sin, put it on himself, took all of his perfection, put it on us, and died for us. Mm -hmm. Then he raised from the dead, and now he's alive, and he's made a way. So how did he rescue us? He actually has come and said, I love you this much that I'm working through the brokenness. I'm actually going to enter into the brokenness. I'm going to overcome the brokenness. I'm going to overcome death and decay, Mm. and I'm going to make things right. Like most people, whatever their background, they're like, they want something like this because they're going, I, I, yes. Uh, So what do I do? Right. Like, so Jesus came. Now, again, you could go into who knows. It depends on who you're talking to in the context. But you need to be sensitive to the questions that they're going to ask along that journey. And you've got to be a good listener. Yep. But when it comes to just the simple kind of presentation, you're going to say two things. Well, you turn away from your own stuff, trying to find the answer on your own. Because that's what broke the system in the first place. Turn away from the brokenness. Yes. Right. And you turn to Jesus and you say, I trust and believe that what you've done is enough. Right. And that's different from saying, turn from the brokenness and try to make everything right. Right? Yes. And most religions say, they might even say, turn from evil. Right. And now be good. Right. And what do we know? We know that we can't. Over and over over and over. Like, but I'm trying. Right. Okay. Yeah. What's the gospel? You don't have to try try anymore anymore. because you can't. That's right. He tried and succeeded Mm. on your behalf, on our behalf. And so we just put ourselves and we put our trust in him and we say, I can't do it. And you know what he says? It's amazing. He just says, I love you. I make you right. All your sin is gone. Doesn't mean you don't struggle. But all your sin is taken care of right. forever. Right. The Future penalty. Sin? Yes. Yeah. The penalty for those sins. Yeah, yeah. It's it's gone. And so, again, you can you can move in different directions here. But then we kind of loop back and say, so you've repented or turned. I I like turn because sometimes repent sounds it sounds religious and right. churchy and Oklahoma. And turn means exactly the same thing. Uh, yes. Yeah. So <laughs> turn and then believe. Yeah. Believe. Believe. Like trust that this is. The reality. I love, trust what he's done. I love trust. I love using trust language in these conversations yeah. because believe again has a lot of religious overtones. Where yes. it's like, oh, oh, you, oh, I see. You want me to subscribe to a faith system? Facts, right? You want me to assent to these ideas and then somehow I'll be saved? That doesn't make sense. And you're right. That would not make sense. Uh, but when we say trust that you can't fix yourself and Jesus fixed it for you, yes, that's a completely different thing. We understand. Not only the concept of trust, but we understand how trust can heal. Like in relationships, we understand those things. Like we understand that trust actually does something inside of us. Like when we put our trust in something. Oh my goodness. It actually causes you. To, I, when I trust a chair, I sit in it. Every and time. Like, <laughs> and yeah. And so I, 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 like that, I like that language better as well. Yeah. And they, so anytime you watch these, you're going to see repent and believe. And I'm always the turn and trust. Turn and trust. And it, 
And you got oh two goodness. T's. Come on. How does that happen? All the preachers out there are rejoicing right now. Can you hear them? Yeah, I, I, I do hear them. Yep, there yep. they are. <laughs> okay, so you turn and you trust Jesus, and then what starts happening, you start growing in your relationship with Jesus because it's not this religious thing. It's not this set of facts that you just believed. It's now this intimate, real relationship. And, and the Bible says then that when you turn and trust, the God of the universe sends the Holy Spirit inside of you to grow you and to mature you and to deepen your trust and to help you turn more. Right. Which is just crazy. To undo right? the brokenness. Yes. Right. And, so, and, and he is, he's in process now. And then we end it with, if this is happening in your life, what do you do? You go back into the broken world with hope. Mm. And then you start handing out hope. Yes. Because... Anyone I talk to that's, uh, I can't say anyone, the majority of people I talk to are dealing with hopelessness Yeah, and on some level in their life. So you go back in saying, "Here, here's hope that there is a God that loves you this much and this mm-hmm. is how. So for, for those, let's do a quick recap for those who won't click the link and go watch the video again. This will be the only time they hear this three circle thing. Yep. Give, us the, give us the 60 second version of the three circles. Okay, God is perfect. He created everything right. Man, woman, animals, trees, everything. It was this perfect place in relationship with him. We broke relationship by saying, we don't need that. We can do it ourselves. We're going to do it our way. When we broke relationship, which is called sin, we now live in a broken world that has pain, suffering, death, and it's this constant circle that we feel. And the only answer was God said, I will then enter into the brokenness through Jesus Christ. I will come and live perfectly. I will die the death that you deserve because because of sin, we deserve death. Probably the part I left out. When we sinned, death entered in, right? right? So Jesus comes, dies for us, overcomes death, raises from us, and then we say, you turn from your sin, from your own brokenness, and from your own pain and hurt and suffering, and you say, Jesus, I need you, and you trust him, and you start growing in intimacy, and you take that hope back into the world. So there's your three. Perfect God, brokenness, he gaps. The gaps, what's the word? He bridges the, bridges gap, the gap by bringing Jesus, and we can trust him. Amen. All right. Well, we're, we looked at the three circles, and uh, now let's turn to look at uh, the two words. Okay, so th- this this is pretty cool. Um, uh, a young lady in our church showed me this one the other day, and she's just telling people about Jesus all the time, and I was like, this is amazing. So two words that kind of characterized your life before Jesus. So for me growing up, uh, guilt and fear. Those words, man, guilt. I couldn't live up to maybe what my parents were asking. I failed a lot. So I just always walked in guilt. And then fear. I had this crazy childhood slash teenage years slash more where I just made like anxiety decisions that like if I'm driving a go-kart and I know I'm supposed to turn left because there's a brick wall, I would turn right into the brick wall. I just, I just, always would like lock up. Okay. I know it's crazy, but my two words in life were I had a lot of fear in my life and a lot of guilt. Mm. And it's so easy to tell people like, do you identify with any of those? Oh my gosh. The things that I feel in life are this and this. And what happens is you can move into a, so, so when I was a teenager, someone told me about Jesus and told me that in Jesus, my guilt can be taken away and I don't have to walk in fear anymore. And so I started being like, what do you, Okay, tell me more about this. Right. So Jesus came and he lived perfectly and he died for me and he raised from the dead. He took away my sin so I don't have to carry guilt because I can't live up to all the expectations people put on me. Yeah. So Jesus is going to like take those expectations on himself 
And then fear, because of his love, I don't have to walk out in fear. So so I just decided, man, I, I want to make Jesus my king mm. because of what he's done for me. I'm trusting him. And then ultimately you can say, you know, since I've trusted Jesus, man, his love has radically changed the fear in my life. I still have some fear, but it is nowhere like it was before I knew Jesus. And then the guilt, when I start feeling the guilt, I can know like, nope, Jesus has taken my shame, my guilt, my sin on himself. And I can say, thank you, Jesus. And so simply two words, this is what Jesus did for me. This is how those things are being redeemed. And then say, have you ever thought about making Jesus your king? Mm-hmm. Now, again, you'd be like, well, isn't there a lot of stuff in there that's missing? Yes, but what you've done is you've connected with their heart. Right. Because everyone's dealing with something. And so when you, in the two words method here, let's just, we'll, we'll, we'll patent it and everything, but uh, uh, is, it, is it like, it's guilt and fear, and those are the two words you should use, or is it, think about your own experience, what are the two things that, G- think about the two things that you struggled with most before you met Jesus, yeah. and then identify that with other people, and then walk them through how Jesus healed that in you in the gospel, Yes, and then and then say, wouldn't you like that too? Yeah, it could be shame. Right, it could be fatherlessness. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, the thing I've struggled with in my life is my father wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And then you can say, because of Jesus, He's given us back a perfect relationship with the Father. Yeah. And people, I, I, I think when you hit where people are really at, it's not just facts. It's not just circles. Right. Which again, you want that within that three circles. But for this one, it's just two simple words of. Man, this is what this is. I, I deal with anxiety. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can. T- I would say the majority of American culture right now deals with anxiety. So anxiety being a pre-word, and then like when I met Jesus, what we want to make sure we do is say, and when I met Jesus, my anxiety was gone forever. No, 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 <laughs> right. no, because that's not how it works. But what it you've got the presence of the Holy Spirit right. moving forward that actually produces patience and calmness and 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 what you want to do also is say not just it's not just um a symptom and a cure it's not just i struggle with anxiety and now i struggle with it less it's (laughs) how does the gospel handle anxiety yes right it's oh it's because i learned that the sovereign god who is in control of all things uh loved me so much that he entered into this world that he controls he, he brought me out of darkness, brought me out of chaos and out of all my uncontrolled mess. And he said, I will take care of you. I will bring you under yeah. my wing. If I care for the sparrows and the grass and all this stuff, won't I care for you? So don't be anxious. Now I have a father who is in control of everything who cares for me. And it's that grounding that leads me to struggle with anxiety less. So I think that's also a really good thing to understand is, is not just like, oh, I used to feel guilty, now I don't. It's how does the gospel crush those things with which you used to struggle? Yes, and that yeah. even loops back to the fear one. If, if you're going back to the gospel and saying, if perfect love really casts out fear, mm-hmm. and that's the gospel, then if one of your words is fear, and you just told the gospel story of Jesus loves you so much that he overcame fear, death, hurt, sin, you can now walk in 
his love mm-hmm. and your fear can decrease not right. just for the sake of decreasing fear but for the sake of gaining god and gaining yeah gaining god in, in that loving relationship <laughs> it's crazy. yeah it's amazing yeah it's amazing so i think it's a really good segue to then talk about um because that's kind of what we're doing here is how do you start spiritual conversations with people about the gospel, right? So uh, this was kind of one of those methods where it's like you're just able to start with talking about things you struggled with. It's yeah. like, man, I, I'm i just remembering back when I really struggled with, with guilt. Or like for you, I, I just I can't even imagine about like... Did I ever tell you the story about whenever I was driving a go-kart and I was about to hit this brick wall? Like, what a conversation starter that is. Like, every, every time I'm supposed to turn left, I just turn right into the wall because I uh, all this anxiety. Yeah, it's so, crazy. So what are some other ways to kind of, what are some good ways? Let, let's, let's start there. What are some good ways <laughs> to start spiritual conversations with people? And then maybe we could say, let's. what are some bad ways to do it too? But let's start with the good ones. Yeah, I mean, I think... It's always going to depend on, is this a stranger? Is this totally. a, a friend? Is this a coworker, someone that you know? But a really simple way that is still really scary for most of us, but it's it's asking if you can pray for someone. And I know it's like, that's too bold. like But it's really not. Yeah. I, I am shocked in, in almost all cultures when you say, hey, I just have this sense that I want to pray for you. Is it? And you can say, I, I try not to use the word strange or weird because sometimes I'm like, no, this might be really strange to you. Or, But it, then it kind of, I don't know, I feel like it lessens. Uncomfortable is a helpful word. Yes, right? yeah. yes. Um, even even on some level, just being like, look, this might be different. Different. But could, could I pray for you? Yeah. Most people will, even if it's kind of nervously, will say yes. Yeah. But yeah. when you pray for them and you say amen, the door is open to be like, could I tell you briefly why I just wanted to pray <laughs> right. for you? Or why I even feel like I can pray for you? Yeah. And it's because of this relationship with God I have through Jesus. Right. So that's a way. Great. I love that. Um, if you're talking in the international community, mm. which I would encourage everyone that's listening, if you if there are internationals around you, this is so easy. Are you ready for this one? I'm ready. You're never going to guess. Oh, no. Hey, man, where are you from? Yes. Ta-da. Ta-da. Like, I Door promise open. you. It. Where are you from? Yes. I am from the UAE. Oh, my, oh gosh. my goodness. <laughs> Tell me more about that. Yep. So in this, when you're thinking about evangelism, you've got to be a good listener and a good question asker. Yep. Most definitely. It's just important. So just those two questions, like where are you from and what's it like there? Yes. And you know where that's going to go? What is the like, wh- is there like a faith system there? Like, right. what's the belief system? What's like system the main there? religion there? Oh, well, yeah. it, it's Islam. Oh, oh my gosh. Are you Islam? Interesting. Yeah. Yes. Tell are me about that. Yeah. Is that what you were raised? And again, we had a guy in New York City who was like, oh, definitely. I was raised Islam. Um, you know, I was from um, Bhutan. And bottom line, all of the imams were, uh, they, they accepted bribes. And so he, his background had actually pulled him away from Islam's, but but in that conversation, he was really open. He was like, right. well, why, why are you asking? I was like, well, because religion is like a we. I've tried religion, but it just never, never took, right? Yep. Oh, why? Because Jesus' relationship. And it was awesome getting to share the gospel, but it started with, where are you from? Yep, and it's it, it would probably blow your mind to know how rare it is for them to get that question from someone who's not asking in a racist way. 
<laughs> I agree. Right? Yeah. Or it's like, oh my gosh, uh, I love your accent. Like, where are you from? Yes. Uh, I, I, we just did that with the checkout clerk, and she was from the Ukraine. Oh my and gosh. it opened up this huge conversation. We ended up holding up the line because it's just <laughs> like you learned. We learned all about her son. I mean, people just open up about their families and and all the things they're struggling with just with that simple question: Where are you from? Yeah. Guys, people are lonely. Yeah. And people want to be heard yes and so when you ask questions i wrote down this one hi how are you <laughs> <laughs> what's a all right deep philosophical um, question how do you start conversations that lead to sharing the gospel hi how are you <laughs> i mean you would think like it's crazy but honestly most of us don't know how to do that yeah whether it's uh i don't have time I go mm-hmm. back to some of our earlier things right uh what do i where do i go from with this or what what if what if the only thing you're supposed to do in the first conversation with the woman that works at um, PDQs or whatever is, man, how are you? And then, man, for whatever reason, this rain we got today, it was so refreshing. Isn't it awesome that God sends moments like this for us? What if that's all you did in that conversation? Most people would be like, well, you didn't do anything. Right. Actually, you did. Mm -hmm. You just moved it from the natural to the supernatural. Right. And then what if the next person, I don't think we see ourselves as seed planters very often. We're like, we got to finish this. That's right. What if God has the next person ready to be like, man, God brought the reins and, and, and I just wanted to, do you have, do you have a relationship with God on it? Are you near or far? I think that the thing with the three circles is people keep saying, how do you even enter into that? Asking if you can pray for people. But I even think asking people, man, do you feel like near or far from God in life right now? Right. And they might say, there is no God. Right. They might say, man, decently close. Most people are going to say pretty far because I feel like a bad person. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're, oh, I feel like, uh, I feel like a bad person. Yeah. Let's answer that with the gospel. Mm-hmm. Or, or um, what I hear a lot to that one is, uh, God must be far from me right now because you should see the stuff that's happening in my life right now. Yes. I'm suffering so much, so God yes. must be far. And then we get to talk about Jesus entered into our suffering, Ugh. right? So there's always a door for the gospel. That's what. That's why, I mean, the gospel can enter in any situation. Yes. Yeah. Um, here, so here's another one that we don't talk about much, but like prophetic evangelism. Right. So my wife and I, for the month of June, one of our prayers together, and we've committed to doing it every day, and we're we're hanging in there. For just specifically, we're asking for three different things, but the one thing is that you would give us prophetic words for unbelievers. Mm. Well, how, so how does that happen? How does that work? Well, you ask, and let's say he gives you a picture for someone that's walking in front of your house. Are you supposed to chase him down? <laughs> Maybe you're supposed to pray that for them, and the next time you see him, say, hey... Um, again, this might be a little bit different, but um, I've seen you walking past a lot, and I just got this impression from the Lord that He is pursuing you and loves you. Yep. Well, I, I think we really put too much on ourselves. Yes. What if we started praying that God would speak words and pictures and visions? We we don't know what He's. We don't know the dream He gave them last night. No. But we have to start risking and saying maybe. Okay, so maybe. The fact that I got the color green, I know that's silly and I don't understand it, but how do I bring that into a conversation? Maybe there's more. Maybe you have to stop and ask God for more. Right. I don't know. But but I think we, it's really easy to just say, what are some questions or, or what are some um, methods? But what if it's, Holy Spirit, would you speak to me and, and give me words for this person of peace in my life? I, I really want to talk more about that. We might do a whole episode on prophetic evangelism. That might be really interesting. Um but um, 
I think you bring up something that's really helpful, in, and that is assuming that God is working outside of you, <laughs> uh, and that that it's not all up to you, and that you will play a role. You are not the role, right? Um, and so I, I'm, I'm reminded of um, the Ethiopian eunuch and yes. Philip, right? Where it's uh, uh, God's like, all right, go chase down that chariot and go talk to this guy. Well, what am I going to say? You know, like you wonder about this internal conversation Philip might have been having, and he gets there, and sure enough, this Ethiopian is reading Isaiah, and he's like, hey, what does this mean? <laughs> You know, and it's like, oh, well, I, I can preach the gospel from any part of the Old Testament. Here it goes. You know, and uh, and we have to assume that that God is putting you in the in, in the paths of people whom He's pursuing, and yeah. He's working in them, and He has the, He's put questions in their minds, and He's put other people in their path who said, "Hey, God made it rain today. Isn't that cool?" And like, you don't know what part you're going to play. So you don't really have to know, okay, I'm going to use three circles on this person. Here we go, three circle time, right. It's right. just like, I'm just going to go, hi, how are you? Where are you from? <laughs> Can I pray for you? And then just see what happens because they might say, it's really interesting that you came and asked for prayer because I was just wondering how God could allow suffering in the world. Could, what would you say to that? And you're like, oh, let's talk about that. It's a really hard question, but I, the gospel kind of solves that. It's crazy you just don't know. if we would be open yeah. to risking and listening. I mean, if Bible says Paul planted, Apollos watered, but God gives the growth. Right. What if we remembered that we were planters and waterers mm-hmm. and and we don't know where we're which link of the chain we're in one to 20 to see someone be introduced to god and then be introduced to jesus in relationship there could be 15 touch points or 300 right i mean in the muslim world right now it's usually like seven years wow on some level for someone to come into relationship and then come with a with a christian and then come to know the lord that's amazing well as we wrap down here what are some, do you have any thoughts on some bad ways to start conversations with people about the gospel? Uh, well, I mean, I wouldn't say, hey, can I just show you the three circles? Right. Don't just come it's to them little, with a system. Odd. Remember Look that at this your track. system is something that's in your mind and in your heart and that you need to adapt that to your story um, and, and to what's going on in your life to apply it. Right. Um, also, I still think the most, the more I read and the more I hear about people around the world, the the tur- the number one kind of turn off for Christianity is those who are kind of yelling at you, mm-hmm. and it's happening still. It's like, well, the guy on the corner is telling me how sinful I am, and immediately, so when you come up and you're having a conversation, you even think about saying you're a Christian. What they remember is the guy that yelled at them and the sinners and the judgmental people and right. whatever. And it's like, so. Uh, again, I. What are the bad ways? I, I just think you want to be as natural, kind of the natural supernatural. So just be natural. Right. Again, yeah. I think of I think of I think of Philip in the Ethiopian. He's what was what was his lead What was his lead line? Do you understand what you're reading? <laughs> it's like, hey, what are you reading? Oh, do you get it? Like, yeah. What a, what a non-threatening question. Yes. And it's like it wasn't. Hey, what are you reading? Oh, I have all the answers. Like, you know, it wasn't that. It was just a simple question. Yeah, be natural. I like that. Yeah, I, I think that's it. I think what we've seen too is it, maybe not for strangers, but for people you're building relationships with, asking them at some point in that relationship, "Hey, would you? What would you think about reading the Book of Mark with me?" Mm. This isn't pressure, but man, when you start saying, most people would be like, "I mean, okay, what's there to lose? What's, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll exactly. read what's it." What's the risk? But man, could you imagine? Well, if that was one of our main questions for people that we're building relationship right. with, I'm not saying you walk up to the stranger and say, would you read the Bible with me? <laughs> right. Okay. 
But for people we're building a relationship with, you say, or persons of peace in our life, at some point it has to move past kindness and generosity, and but it has to move to, hey, words. Right, a real conversation. About truth. Jesus. Yeah. But what better words about Jesus than the actual Bible and yeah. saying, hey, let's read one chapter and then let's grab coffee and talk about it. I think that's great. Uh, well, let's close with this then, Andy. Uh we, we kind of talked about this at the beginning, but uh, for people who've made it through this far and they're thinking about, okay, I I really need to go out there and share the gospel. They've kind of removed too many barriers for me. I'm feeling motivated. Uh, what's the one thing that you would you would say to people? Maybe this will be rehashing some of the stuff we said at the beginning, but I think it would be helpful. Is What's the one thing you would say to people to say, here is how to stay motivated and increasingly be motivated to share the gospel? Uh, when Andrew Wilson was here, he said, uh, be being filled with the Spirit. Be being. And I think that's the Greek. Like, it's not just be filled. Right. Be constantly being filled with the Spirit. So how is that? One way, you cry out to God mm. for His mercy. Yeah. And you say, would you deepen my intimacy with you? And would you show me a new revelation experientially of your love every day? I think when that's happening, it's really hard not to... It's hard to not share the gospel. Yeah. Amen. I love that. Well, Andy, thank you so much for being here, man. This was really helpful, really encouraging to me. And uh, I look forward to the next time you're on. Maybe we'll maybe we'll do prophetic evangelism. Who knows what's next? But uh, I like it. It'll be good. Dive in. Thank you for listening to the Bridgeway Podcast, where you will find a new conversation every Thursday. For more information about Bridgeway Church, we invite you to visit bridgewaychurch.com, or you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at bridgewayokc, or on Facebook at facebook.com slash bridgewaychurchokc. If you have any questions that you would like us to address on the podcast, feel free to email us at podcast at bridgewaychurch.com. And if you enjoy the podcast, please consider leaving us a review on the podcast app as it helps other people like you find our program. So on behalf of all the pastors and staff here at Bridgeway Church, I'm David Bowden saying thanks for listening and we will see you next week.